You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. We have been looking at the names of God, different aspects as revealed in the scripture. And one of the things that um, we have emphasized is the fact that every, every time God reveals himself, he, he uses different names. Why? Because each of the names that he uses reveal different aspects about him. Reveals his nature, reveals his character, and um, somebody once asked me, "But why do we why do we need to go why do we need to go into all these Old Testament names of God? I mean, Jesus is is Jesus not enough? Because uh, that person had been taught that." Um, in the Old Testament, yes, God had different names, but in the New Testament, we only have, I mean, Jesus is enough. Jesus um, encompasses every name of God. Um, yeah, that's a partial truth. It's not a full picture. Why? Because even Jesus said, my father is greater than I. Is that not so? So there is no way that Jesus will take the place of the Father. There is no place. Jesus will never assume that position. Okay? Like for some of us as humans, we always confuse. Um, we, 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 we confuse things a lot because when, when we say, for example, when we say that um, we are equal, we're equal before God, for example. We say we're equal before God, but we don't realize that, yes, we're equal, but at the same time, there is hierarchy, there is rank. Do you understand? In, in dealings with God, there is rank, there is hierarchy. And all those things. And sometimes we, 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 confuse, we confuse that word. It's like, it's like in a, um, let's say, in a, in, a, in a leadership setting, right? There is what is known as multiplicity of leadership where you have many, several leaders, but there is... A leader of leaders. Is that not so? Very, very clear. There's no confusion about that, right? Yeah, there's no confusion about that. Um, so, you can have everyone in the parliament, for instance, they might be equal in the sense that they are all parliamentarians. But right there in parliament, there are ranks. Am I correct? Yeah, and there is, there is the speaker, <laughs> right, that presides over everything. Although they are all equal, but again, there is hierarchy. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it, people confuse the fact that because Jesus says, I and the Father are one, they confuse the fact that because he says that it means that they are of the same rank, but they are not. So he cannot come now and say he has taken the place of the Father. Okay? It's just like in marriage, for, is, for instance. Yes? The husband and wife, they are one. Okay? They are equal, but then there is rank. <laughs> There is a head. <laughs> Are you getting my point? So, let's not allow ourselves to be confused. When Jesus says, I and the Father are one, it doesn't mean that he has replaced the Father. 
Okay? So I feel and I believe that these names are significant for us to fully understand God. All right? For us to fully understand God. If you take, if you, if you, um, if you take all these names that were revealed in the Old Testament out of your life, you are going to miss big time. You will miss big time. Why? Because they reveal aspects. If you just say Jesus, even that, does your mind fully have the capacity to grasp everything about Jesus? No, you don't. So those names even help you to even appreciate Jesus more. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So in that sense, yes, Jesus is a, is a part of the Godhead. Yes? He's part of the Godhead. So those names, those are the names of God. And He is also part of that. But there are aspects that I believe are uniquely ascribed to the Father. But with time, they'll be made clearer to us. All right? So don't make the mistake of thinking that the name of Jesus is all, uh, reveals everything. It helps us to appreciate and simplify things. All right? But if you want to go into the depths, you need to go back to the old. <laughs> okay? You need to go back to the old so that you can appreciate what Jesus has done. If you want to understand Jesus, you need to go to the old. If you want to understand the Father, you need to go to the old. <laughs> Are you getting me? Even the Spirit, for you to understand the Spirit, you need to go to the old. Because there are things in the Old Testament. There are manifestations in the Old Testament you don't even see in the New Testament. You don't see in the New Testament. So, all of that, we need the entire scripture in order to walk in the full plan of God for our generation. We need the full, if we're going to walk the full plan of God for our generation, I'm telling you, we need both. We need both. For example, in the Old Testament, you'll see that Moses parted the Red Sea. Joshua parted the Jordan. You don't see that happening in the New Testament. Did anybody part the sea? No. But don't we need such manifestation? <laughs> At some point we will. But if we don't have that reference point, where are we going to get the faith? Huh? Where are we going to get the faith to walk with God like that. So let's not be confused by people who are confused. Are you getting my point? Yeah. The only thing I think sometimes some preachers avoid the Old Testament because of the complexity of <laughs> um, of rightly dividing. And taking out the principles from the law and all those things and bringing it to present day application, sometimes it's, it's uh, um, you know, the spirit of revelation. So some people feel, well, just forget, just avoid it, you know, and you'll be safe. So this morning, I want us to look at. A combination of two names. Alright? And compare them. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. I want us to look at Jehovah Jireh. And compare Jehovah Jireh to El Shaddai. <laughs> okay? So that you... And you will see that... Um, there are aspects, there are times that you need God to manifest as Jehovah Jireh. And there are times that you need him to manifest as El Shaddai. 
Okay? Alright, let's look at Jehovah Jireh. Where did this revelation come from? Who did who received this revelation? Abraham. That's right. Abraham received this revelation. Um, let's look at Genesis 22. From verse 1 it says, And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which the Lord had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Now, notice here, the Bible says in verse 1, that it came to pass after all these things that God tested Abraham. So there are times in your walk with God where you will be tested. Do you know that when God told him that, God didn't say, it's time for a test. God doesn't do that. He doesn't say to you, okay, I'm going to test you now. Get ready, bring out your pens and paper. We're going to write a test. No! He just tests you without you knowing. That's how God does things. So sometimes you don't know when you are being tested. <laughs> Say, Lord, help me to know when I'm being tested. Yeah. Sometimes there are tests, I'm telling you. There have been times that I've, I have sensed the affirmation of God after a test. Hmm? So, uh, the Lord told Abraham to go and offer Isaac as a burnt offering. But then, you see in verse 5 that Abraham said to the young men who went with him, stay here with the donkey. In other words, in your walk with God, you get to a point where there is no public involvement. You get to a place where it is a personal thing. These are the people that Abraham has been walking with. They've, he has trained them. He, you know, they've, they've, uh, they've understood him and they know him to be a man of God. To be a friend of God. <laughs> And Abraham says, you guys, wait here. I and the lad will go yonder to worship. All right? Stay here with the donkey. You guys, stay with the donkey. I am going. I and the lad are going to do what? To worship. And how many will come back? Huh? Both of us, yes, we will come back to you. Remember, the instruction was, go and offer him as a burnt offering. In other words, go and kill him. Yes? The instruction was, go and kill him. Was Abraham going to kill Isaac or not? Huh? He was going to kill Isaac. Then how come he says we will come back to you? How come? The instruction is go and offer him as a burnt offering. Correct? Yeah. 
I, Abraham was going to kill Isaac. And we see that in what happened. Let's read on. So Abraham took the wood. Uh, okay, no, let's jump. Let's jump because of time. I want us to cover a few things. Um, verse, verse 9. They came to the place which the Lord had told him. And Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in order, and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Yes. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. How many men on earth do you know that can do this? After waiting for 25 years to have a son, he puts him there and he takes the knife. But remember what he told the men. I and the lad will come back to you. I and the lad will come back to you. That's to tell you the kind of faith this man had. Okay? Then verse 11. Look at verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. He passed the test. But if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, it, it, it gives us insight into the mind of Abraham. Hebrews 11 tells us that he actually, let's, let's look at that. Um, what's the verse there now? Hebrews chapter 11, it says that um, he received Isaac in a figure. Right? In other words, he, uh, Abraham had the faith. He was going to kill Isaac and he was going to wait there until God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Because he knew, he knew verse 19. It says, okay, verse Verse 17, he says, Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So can you see that the reason why Abraham told the men, I and the lad will come back to you, was because Abraham intended to kill Isaac, but he intended to wait there until God raises Isaac back from the dead, and then he will return to the men with Isaac. You see, that's faith. Sometimes when we are being tested, we figure out things so we figure out things in our minds and we we reduce God to our standard. We reduce God to our level and we think because things we cannot see a way out, we think that God also has no way out. Because we cannot see the way out of that situation. But I'll tell you something. It's not the case. Amen? But then, the angel of the Lord, back to Genesis 22, verse 12, he says, He said to him, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God. And since you have not withheld your son, your only son, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram 
caught in the ticket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Then, verse 14, Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide as it is to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Hallelujah. So, here we see that um, God <laughs> provided a lamb. Yes? For the sacrifice. Now the question is this. When, how, or when did the ram get to that place? Interesting. Could it be, could it be that as Abraham and Isaac were climbing the mountain, the ram was climbing from the other side? Could it be? Abraham could not see it. Yes? He could not see it. Sometimes God's provision is not seen. But the fact that you don't see does not mean it's not there. Okay? Yeah, so the fact that you don't see does not mean you should now get into unbelief. And start doubting God. No. Abraham did not see the ram. Even when he got up there, he didn't see it. When he was constructing the altar, he didn't see the ram. When he tied Isaac, he didn't see the ram. When he was about to kill him, he didn't see the ram. So, I want you to know that Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. He does not provide according to your senses. He does not provide according to your calculation. Don't reduce him to the level of your brain. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. There's a song we used to sing. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He will give his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Hallelujah. You know, there are some of these songs that are so biblical. And we stop singing them because we feel they are old. Let me tell you something. There are some of these old songs, when you get to heaven, they, you sing them there. So, you, th you are saying they are old here. Meanwhile, in heaven, they are singing them. <laughs> the fact that it's old to you does not mean it's old in heaven. Because some of the songs came from heaven. There are some songs that are from heaven, I'm telling you. Yeah. Because you've, 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 <laughs> you've found some more interesting stuff. And it's okay to sing new songs. Don't, don't make any mistake about that. But I'm just saying, the way we discard some songs that carry some revelation, <laughs> we need to be careful. Hallelujah. So, Jehovah Jireh speaks of God's provision. Right? It's, it speaks of the Lord manifesting himself as a provider. Okay? 
But not only that, it also means the one who sees ahead of time and provides. So, in other words, he provides before the need. That's how Jehovah Jireh operates. So, he doesn't, op- he doesn't just provide at the time of need. No, no, no. He provides before the need, but he reveals at the time of need. Are you getting the point? Yeah. So, the fact that you have not seen it does not mean it has not been provided. It only means you have not seen it. But the provision has been made. The provision has been made. So, what does that tell you? That means there is no need that you have that has not been provided for. You get the point? Abraham was climbing the mountain. Unknown to him, God had commanded a ram to climb the mountain from the other side. They probably were climbing at the same time. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just talking. And the ram gets there. And God tells the ram where to go and hook his horn. Or maybe gets an angel you know, to, to go and hook the ram's horn. And wait there for the moment of obedience. For Abraham's obedience to be complete. Do you see? For Abraham's obedience to be complete before the provision is revealed. So the problem is that sometimes, a lot of times, our obedience is not yet complete and we want the provision to be revealed. But the provision will only be revealed after our obedience is complete. The reason why some people are not faithful in tithing and so on is because they feel they are so scared that if they obey God, they will run short. But they don't realize that it's their obedience that releases the gyre, the provision. Do you understand? It's when their obedience is complete that the ram will be revealed. They want the ram to be revealed before they obey. But God doesn't work that way. Jehovah Jireh does not work that way. Hallelujah. Can I give you an example, another example? In fact, let me give you an example from even the life of God, from the operation of God himself. Right? God put Adam in the garden. Okay? Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden. God knew that they were going to sin. Am I correct? But the Bible tells us in Revelation that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So God made the provision before the need. That's how God works. Never you get to a point where you think that God has lost the plot. Oh, you think that God, you know, this crisis, God, God, you know, I need to fix it because God cannot. Don't reduce him. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. The provision was made before the need. Hallelujah. The provision was made before the need. And I want you to know that God is still like that. So, by the time you have a need, I'm telling you, provision has been provided long time. Long time before you had that need. But we are so earthly conscious. We're so carnally minded. We are so worldly trained and educated that our senses rule us instead of the word of God, 
And the reason why we're studying this, uh, uh, the, the names of God, is so that you can see the character of God and understand how He works. Because it will help you in your walk with God. It will help you to understand your Father. Hallelujah. It will help you to understand God. So, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And guess what? When was the, the Lamb revealed? When Jesus' obedience was complete. <laughs> yeah, that's when it was revealed. But the provision was there. In eternity past. Before time began, God had already seen. Man is going to sin. Man will fall. I'll make a provision. Put the lamb there. <laughs> okay? Then now you understand Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 where he says, My God shall supply all your need according to what? His riches in glory. Not according to your salary. According to his riches in glory. You know, we have been so trained to depend just on our salary. And that's why your boss is almost a God. Hmm? Yeah, he, 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 uses, he uses the job to provide some things, but that's not all. It's according to his riches in glory. And the riches in glory are in Christ. Before you were born. He has already stacked them. <laughs> so it's at the, at the right time that it gets revealed. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now, that's, that's just, I'm just helping you to see, okay, this is Jehovah Jireh. Now, how do we compare that to El Shaddai? Because Jehovah Jireh always operates in a, in a way that, okay, there is a need and then there is provision. There is a need and there is provision. Or there is provision and then there is a need and then it gets revealed. <laughs> More accurately put that way. Yes? So he makes a provision ahead of time. You become aware of the need. Correct? You become aware of the need. Then when you become aware of the need, huh? And your obedience is complete, it gets revealed. Alright? I'll give you another example. God made man in his image. Male and female, he made them. He created them. Right? God puts Adam there. Adam had a need, but he didn't know. All right? He didn't know that he needed a wife. Correct? He didn't know he needed a wife. God looks and says, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a helpmate comparable to him, and all of that. Then God gives man work to do. You would think God would say, oh, well, he needs a wife, so I'll just go and give him a wife. No, no, no. His obedience must be complete. <laughs> Before the need is met. Hallelujah. So, what does, how does God do it? God now tells him to name the animals. Man is busy naming the animals. And as he's naming the animals and he finishes, now you're ready for your need to be met. You see? It's incredible. But that's how God wants. But we don't want to obey anything. And we just want needs met. Can you see where the confusion is? Yeah. So, after Adam finishes naming the animals, God now says, okay, fine. He puts him to sleep and then the moment of revelation comes where the provision is made. The, he sees it. But in the spirit, male and female, he made them. 
You see? Yeah. So, now let's look at El Shaddai quickly. And then we'll link the two together. Mighty God. Genesis chapter 17. Here we see from verse 1. Genesis 17, 1. It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. I am almighty God. This word almighty God means El Shaddai. That's where El Shaddai comes from. This is the first mention of El Shaddai in scripture. Okay? He says, I'm almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Okay? I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. All right? Will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I'll just stop there. So, in El Shaddai, we see a different revelation of God. In Jehovah Jireh, we see God as a provider. Okay, there's a need, the need is provided. It, God meets needs. But I believe, okay, I believe, for me, I believe that El Shaddai is a superior revelation to Jehovah Jireh. And I'll explain why. Okay? He's, he says, I am almighty. I am almighty. Or you can say, I am the sovereign God. Or the sovereign king, the sovereign ruler. The emphasis is on his sovereignty. And in the Hebrew, there is a play of words when you see El Shaddai. And there is a word in. Shaddai, which is Shad, and Shad means breast. Okay? And that's why sometimes you hear some people would say that El Shaddai means the breasty one. Okay? And he is the, this is speaking of the all sufficiency. Okay? And, and normally, a normal healthy mother doesn't run out of breast milk. Am I correct? Doc? Is it, is it accurate to say that? Yeah. So there's always a flow. So in other words, the, the child never gets to a point where he's lacking. So in, in Jehovah Jireh, there is a lack, then there's a provision. But in El Shaddai, there's not even a need. There's never a lack. Because there's a constant supply. Are you getting my point? There is a constant supply. Uh, and, and that's... that's this, to me, this is even superior. It's superior. Huh? It's like comparing a miracle to a blessing. A miracle is great in a sense that a miracle... God intervenes. 
But for you to have a miracle, you need a crisis. Do you get my point? You need a crisis before you need a miracle, but a blessing, you don't need a crisis. So a blessing can just be flowing all the time, all the time. But because God is loving, yes, if you're not able to flow in the blessing, he has made provision so you can have a miracle. At your moment of crisis, he can step in as the God of miracles, the God of signs and wonders and all of that. That is fine. Okay? It's like saying healing and health. If you are healthy, Jesus says he that is, he that is, um, he that is well does not need a physician. But when you are sick, in his mercy has given us physicians so physician can attend to your need. But it's possible not to even need one because if you are perfectly healed, a whole, perfectly healthy, then you don't need one, right? Except to just go and, you know, just visit. Hallelujah. Check up and all those things. And then they'll say, no, you're doing well here. Are you, you know, you need to adjust this. You need to do this. Uh, this is not okay. I'm not happy with this, but you know, it's fine. No, no stress, no question. Just if you just change your lifestyle like this, like this, you will be fine. You won't be in trouble. Huh? So in our walk with God, you need to know when you need Jehovah Jireh. But then there's a time that it's El Shaddai. Hallelujah. El Shaddai. So that is why when we talk about El Shaddai, we say the all-sufficient one. The one who is more than enough. Hallelujah. He is more than enough. And that's why when you see here, when he's talking to Abraham, where he reveals himself as El Shaddai, this is the time that he talks about multiplication. Because the, the revelation of El Shaddai is linked to multiplication. It's linked to multiplication. This is where God begins to release his power of fertility. Hallelujah. And that's why it's at this point, he says, uh, he says I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you. Hallelujah. Exceedingly. So El Shaddai is, the, is when God comes into a covenant of multiplication. This is the time. Hallelujah. I love El Shaddai. Jehovah Jireh is good, but I love El Shaddai. You see, Jehovah Jireh cannot produce a nation. Do you understand? But El Shaddai can. Jehovah Jireh cannot, cannot um, cause the nation to multiply. It can make a, it can provide, Jehovah Jireh will provide immediate provision. All he got on the mountain was a ram. But then tomorrow you still need another ram. <laughs> you get my point? So you cannot, you shouldn't remain on the level of Jehovah Jireh all the time. You should get to a point when you are walking with El Shaddai. Everything you touch just multiplies. There's no barrenness in your life. Hallelujah. Because El Shaddai is in manifestation. He's in manifestation. And this is when he begins to talk to Abraham about descendants. At this time, Abraham had no child, remember? No child. But now, the Lord is talking to him about making him exceedingly fruitful. Look at verse 6. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. 
This is El Shaddai. This is, I am telling you, this is where we want to camp for some time. <laughs> huh? So every barrenness in your life, by the power of El Shaddai, will be transformed into the most fruitful <laughs> situation. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is exciting. I don't know if it's just me that is excited. But I'm telling you, this is incredible. I, I, so you see, uh, as we look at these names, you see why just camping at the name of Jesus is not enough. Because with, from this now, you can uh, rightly appropriate the name of Jesus. You see, you can rightly appropriate the name of Jesus. Why? Because it doesn't, it opens up greater possibilities. And then now you see Ephesians chapter, chapter 3 verse 20 where it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. That's a manifestation of El Shaddai. exceedingly abundantly. And, 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 and that's why he tells Abraham, your, your descendants shall be like dust. That's El Shaddai. That's the operation of El Shaddai. And you need that in your life. We need that in our lives. Amen. Mighty God. Mighty God. So you see, even when you say God, it doesn't capture it. But when you now begin to study the names, the different names, then you, when you say God, it brings a different picture. Am I correct? Yes. When you say God is able, to many people it has become a cliche. God is able. God is able. You know, it's just a song. They just like it. But now, when you see God is able, he, he comes to Abraham, he visits him, and he tells him, your name is no longer Abraham. You see, when El Shaddai comes, he changes things in your life to make you to become fruitful. He begins to activate multiplication in your life. So that you begin to multiply. You begin to produce. Hallelujah. The power of productivity is with El Shaddai. Not with Jireh. Not with Jireh. Jireh is provision. So it's to meet an immediate emergency, temporary need. <laughs> huh? Wow. My Lord, my Lord, we're going to pray for Jehovah, Jireh, but more so for El Shaddai. Amen. Don't you want the power of El Shaddai Amen. to manifest in your life? Amen. The all-sufficient one, never a lack. Don't you want to get to that place? Like the early church. They got to a place that there was no lack in their midst. I want us to get to that place. Where there will be no need unmet. There is provision for everybody. Wouldn't that be great? We need that. Hallelujah. So why don't we stand up? Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. Mighty God, I bless your name. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you can provide, you can meet our needs as Jehovah Jireh. I believe that at our times of need, the provision is already there. But Lord, Lord my God, that not one of us will remain at that level.
we will grow and come to the level where we will experience and enjoy that all-sufficient power of yours, that all-sufficient ability in all areas, my Lord and my God, where we can begin, oh God, to draw, oh Father, from your sovereignty, from your sovereign power, Lord my God, <laughs> from your mighty power, that every, everything that we have can be multiplied, multiplied. You will multiply this church. You will multiply this church. Oh, as El Shaddai. In the name of Jesus. Lord, where you will activate. Oh God, your covenant in our lives. That your covenant in our lives will be activated. To bring about supernatural increase. Supernatural fruit. In the name of Jesus. Supernatural fruitfulness. To be activated in our lives. My Lord and my God. Lord my God. This operation that will be multi-generational. That will be, will impact on our descendants as well. Our descendants shall be blessed. Exceedingly fruitful. Oh my father. Mondala Masikaba, Zindala Kate, Pos, Yanama Simbre de Ketos Kenimenostaha. My Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Hey, Go Zendele Misola Baha, Go Zendele Misola Baha. Go zendele me solo baha. My Lord and my God. My Father. We bless you this morning. Thank you Father. Thank you Father. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.